0: I'm Dave Baker. And I'm Andrew Price. Welcome to Deep Cuts, the podcast where we pick a topic and walk you through the ins, the outs, and the nitty gritty, so you can appear like an interesting and idiosyncratic person at your next forced social function. Today's topic is... Citizen. What is Citizen? Well, it's an app that purports to be about safety, personal safety, societal safety. But you know, it's actually a fear-mongering snitchbait organization that just might end up being the end of all of us, because, you know, why not? Why not? Act 1. The enemy at the gate is you. The German word Fernweh loosely translates to a wanderlust for a place you've never been. A false nostalgia. America seems to be suffering from an extreme case of this over the last half decade or so. With slogans like, make America great again, and hey, I wish it was the 1950s again, because I'm white and have bought into a false, leave it to Beaver view of the past that never actually existed. Okay, that second one isn't a real political rally and cry, even though it fucking might as well be. America is grappling with the fact that it is no longer the dominant superpower morally or
1: logistically. I'm just I'll just say the word and we'll move on. Simulacra.
0: Our culture is in the middle of a death rattle where large sections of the population are attempting to convince themselves that we haven't sold our future down the river to the Chinese the Russians, and the massive oil conglomerates that have been stoking war and conflict for the past literal century. We want someone to tell us we've been right all along. We want anyone to tell us that it's gonna be all right, even if that anyone is us and mass. Which begs the question, how could you leverage that massive unrest? Easy, with a slogan, connect and stay safe. In generations prior, you would have written a manifesto or staged a revolution against those in power. These days, well, you just develop an app, the true cultural cancer. Spawn, an American tech incubator run by software programmer Andrew Frame, is the key to this story. And as we'll soon learn, cancer comes in many forms. No matter what you call it, it still eats you alive. And to be clear, that's Spawn with a zero instead of an O. S-P-0-N. What is that bullshit? That is is some... Some leet-speak 1999 bullshit. That's some some hack-to-planet shit right there. Yeah. I hate it. Just stick that
1: zero where that O is, and you've got a whole aesthetic,
0: man. I fucking hate it so much. Prior to Spawn... Frame had run the telecommunications company
1: named Uma Inc and had been an early advisor to Facebook. And if you don't remember, I I couldn't find any links to this. There there's like they don't exist, but Uma was like this company in like the 2010s that was like an internet phone company where, you know, you it's like a a landline but it's connected to the internet instead of like a instead of a telephone line. And so it's like supposed to be cheaper or whatever. And Ashton Kutcher was the spokesperson for it. And there was commercials with Ashton Kutcher in it. Man,
0: I have zero memory of that.
1: Yeah, I remember it. And I somebody mentioned it in a video and I remembered it, but I cannot find the commercials on the internet. R.I.P. Ashton Kutcher.
0: Yeah,
1: he, he died. Yeah, dude. He's no longer with us. He was a good guy. <laughs> he died in he died in space in an alternate reality where Mila Kunis let him go to space. <laughs> Andrew Frame started with three hundred thousand dollars and some engineers.
0: After spending a year attempting to develop products for Spawn, I cringe every time I have to say Spawn. But maybe we should just say Spawn, like how Todd McFarlane says Spawn.
1: Spawn. spawn. Well, that's yeah. That's why it's that's why it sucks to say because it's like it like when you when spoken out loud, it just sounds like you're saying Spawn. But then to know that it's spelled sp 0 in just makes it, makes it like, makes, it somehow transforms the word verbally. It's the same thing from that guy who was like, I prefer to deal with women in real life. There's no
0: latency. Like, that's the same guy who named this company Spawn. Fully responsive. Yeah.
1: Fucking hate it.
0: After spending a year attempting to develop products that went nowhere, Frame landed on something that he thought was a stroke of genius. He had an idea about how to, air quotes, democratize safety, a means by which every man, woman, and child with a cell phone could help police their surroundings, as nightmarish as that sounds. A digital network of rear window-esque busybodies, a social network with the explicit purpose of violating your right to unreasonable search and seizure.
1: Well well I, I I opened up my uh my, my citizen app and I uh you know, I suppose I saw a homeless person was out on my street and I decided to go out and stab him. Yep. Pretty much. That's my that's my Jimmy Stewart. That's oh, I had no idea what that was. <laughs> I was just like, Oh, you're
0: just doing like an old guy, oh all right.
1: <laughs> That's my you If me you're doing a Jimmy Stewart,
0: if you gotta do Jimmy Stewart, it's like, Well, 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 I just wanna I just want vigilante again. Clarence!
1: Clarence! He's he's quoting It's a Wonderful Life in Rear Window.
0: I just want to, I just want to, wow, you know, gosh. Well, gosh, I just want to spy on some people.
1: I hear hear zero difference between the two impressions.
0: (laughs) Frame and his team developed an app for a literal week and then took it to funding and raised $1 million in startup funds. The working title was Vigilante because of fucking course it was vigilante was released on the app store on october twenty sixth, 2016 the app showed users crime happening in real time and encouraged them to be a vigilante in quotes
1: and as a side note i just found this funny that in a lot of videos there's a lot of reviews of this app and in a lot of these videos a lot of people pronounced it pronounce it vigilante
0: (laughs) vigilante is like the uh it's like the Beverly Hills. Yeah,
1: I'm a vigilante.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be drinking uh, soda water whilst brandishing a magnum uh, and uh, stopping a, a sexual assault in a
1: shadowy parking garage. Listen, you rap scallion. I know what you're saying to yourself. Is this finely quaffed gentleman in front of you brandishing a weapon that's fired off six shots or only five? Well, considering that this is a forty-four Magnum, the most expensive and luxurious handgun on the market, and it could blow your head clear off of your body to the point where I'd have to put on a smock so that your blood and gore would not get all over my expensive Tom Ford suit. You have to ask yourself, do I feel fortunate? Well, do you, peasant?
0: (laughs) Do you feel fortunate? Well, do you peasant? <laughs> for I am the vigilante. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, dearest, have you seen where I put my hollow points? All right, let's watch this uh this this commercial that they launched online the day that the app premiered and let's uh let's describe this for the listener because man oh man, this is some running man bullshit. <laughs> So we're we're seeing gritty footage of a underground parking facility, and there's a young woman in wearing medical scrubs talking to her cell phone. Now we're inside of a police car. And there's a super that says
1: 2.9 miles away. And first and foremost, the the very first on-screen text said, as this dramatic music was starting in, and it was showing this woman walking on the street and she's being followed and she's calling the police it said this is a real app and these are real users which is that's not true they're just these are all actors like this is like and it's it's not even like like if you saw this it's not even attempting to look like documentary footage or whatever it's just like a it's like a it's like a polished produced commercial. Like what what the fuck does that even mean?
0: Now we're seeing uh, footage of uh, information being being uh, beamed via green laser pointer through the night sky to people's cell phones. And
1: uh, it comes up with some messages here that I guess are just like messages you get whenever you get an app, uh, a notification on the app. You know, kind of the way that whenever you use like a bird scooter or whatever, it's like wear a helmet or whatever. Um, or like Pokemon Go. And it's like, you know, don't do this while driving. It's, it, it has these messages and it says, don't interfere with the crime. Keep a safe distance. Good luck out there. So all these people are mobilizing to get to this crime.
0: This is this guy. He's literally people running and biking through the city to try and save this person.
1: The police are trying to get there, but they're still far away. They're still 1.3 miles away this is so dark
0: this is so dark
1: this woman is being attacked at her car by this guy all these citizen users are like running and biking and they show up and they get the. and they definitely don't beat the shit
0: out of the guy they definitely don't kill him they just point cell phones at him that's all they do
1: here's the thing so so they all show up and they and they stop him and then it says like it says uh it says can injustice survive transparency Here's the thing, though, kind of in the same way that I was just talking about with like the bird bird and lime scooters. They say, like, put on a helmet or else you can't ride it or like Pokemon Go being like, don't drive while you're doing this. And, uh you know, look, you know, look at your surroundings when you're using the app or whatever. They're just like they're sort of like obligatory messages that they put in there to escape any kind of legal liability for anything you do that you could just, you know, you don't have to listen to those messages at all. So, like, it says, it puts up these messages, like, don't interfere in the crime, but they blatantly interfere in the crime. And I'm not even, like, it's not a bad thing if you see somebody being attacked that you should say, hey, stop. Like, that's, I'm not saying that's bad at all. If you, if you're walking down the street and you see a woman being, like, attacked, like, at the very least, you should say, hey, stop. And, like, try to save this woman. But... The the thing says don't interfere in the crime, and it puts that up on the screen as if like don't worry, we're not encouraging like actual vigilantism. Like we're saying don't interfere in the crime, but then they they sh- they they depict these these guys interfering in the crime. They they directly interfere with it at the end of the commercial. So it's like that message means nothing because you show them interfering in the crime. And also like the name of the app is Vigilante. Yeah. And also, what do you what do you even do if you aren't going to interfere in the crime? Like, what is the purpose of this app if you aren't going to interfere in the crime?
0: The, the name of the app is Vigilante, not Voyeur.
1: Yeah. It's just like Voyeur. We like to watch. <laughs> <laughs> voyeur observation is participation. <laughs> also, you, you want to know what my favorite part of this commercial is? My favorite part of this commercial is that all of the citizen app users that are like the heroes, they're all black guys. And then the criminal is a white guy because they're clearly being like, hey, look, this isn't like a weird racist thing where this is going to be used to like disproportionately target black people. All the good guys in this commercial are are the black guys. And then we made the criminal a white guy. See, it's like it's not a weird thing where it's going to be like a bunch of like, angry racist targeting, like, black people that they see walking around in neighborhoods. I'm Dave Baker. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's so obviously that because all of the guys who are the responders, they're all black. And then the criminal is a white guy, which is just so directly an intentional choice.
0: So, you know, this app goes live on the App Store and within 48 hours, it gets pulled. 48 fucking hours of this shit. And then bye bye In March 2017, after having worked with Apple to satisfy their safety requirements, Vigilante was reborn. Or should I say, Vigilante was reborn. It was rebranded as Citizen and launched globally on iOS and Android. Let's listen to uh, our boy, head of Spawn himself. Our boy, old Shark Eyes himself. Bro, we are going to talk so much about this guy. So much about this guy.
2: Events going on in your neighborhood, specifically crimes and police activity. And that is from both citizens reporting stuff and then some amount of it is uh, provided by citizen. These alerts I think are maybe captured off of things like uh, police scanners and then normalized and then put into the app, am I correct?
3: Yeah, in essence, that's correct. So we are a safety product meant to keep you safe. And so the way we got to market was uh, the observation that there are police scanners chattering all day long, all across America. They're wide open. We all remember being little kids and going to Radio Shack, for, for those that are, of course, of our vintage, and yep. listening in to what the police are doing. Now, it was pretty hard to figure out what they were talking about. It was generally hard to hear, it was all pen codes, but there was an address yep. with every single incident. And so, when I was first starting Citizen, I wanted to do something that was mission oriented and safety seemed to be the ultimate urgent need. And this is back in 2016. Right now, it's definitely hit a boiling point with things like police accountability and all of the social unrest we're seeing. But even back then, you know, right when I was starting the company, there, there were police killings. Uh, if you guys remember when five Dallas police officers were shot by a sniper in response to a, a yes. police killing you know, this is not exactly a new topic and the the need uh, for transparency was urgent even then. And so when I came up with the idea to sort of democratize all of this public safety information, instead of just giving it to first responders in real time, every time somebody calls 911, that's public information. That's transmitted through the open radios. So why not just give it to everybody? And when somebody's nearby one of the addresses, as long as it meets the policy, notify everybody within a quarter of a mile. That was the original idea.
1: That's, a, that's interesting to say, to talk about how transparency was needed because, um, you know, the transparency was the fact that the police scanner broadcasts are available publicly, that they're on open channels where anybody can listen to them. Like, that's the definition of transparency to take that information and interpret it and create a business around it is not transparency that's that's
0: commoditization
1: yeah that's a, that's just a, that's an interesting thing to say because it's kind of it's very sort of uh, disingenuous
0: because that gets to the heart of this fucking house of cards like everything in our country that is peddling safety it's not really peddling safety safety it's stoking fear you know i mean it's 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 weaponized monetized fear mongering Um, and it's uh it, it appeals to the worst base human emotion you know it it appeals to the like the vigilante spirit that americans are raised with you know unfortunately because we're from birth we're fed images of you know cowboys you know riding into town alone with a white hat and saving the day and the individual um perception of an event is is the gospel truth not the conglomerate in mass you know realization of that event you know, it's it's uh, that's why all of our cop movies there's always a uh, you know a, a lethal weapon style loose cannon who goes off and on their own and breaks the rules because it's the in air quotes right thing to do and the system is working against them because the system is flawed and the individual's perception and desires trump all.
1: Yeah, which is like a really complicated narrative because you know in a lot of ways that is actually true. Um, it's like it's like it's like a difficult it's it's such an impossible thing to navigate because um, th- like there like there obviously are genuinely corrupt systems in place that govern us and. You know, the 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 way in which our country is policed and governed is obviously very flawed. Um, But then on the other side of that coin, I've always been kind of pretty against the idea of like vigilante justice. Um, And we've talked about that on the show before, but I've always kind of felt that way. And I have a lot of I have a lot of opinions about that. But, you know, as as we'll see it, as we're going to talk about, you know, in this episode, as we go on. Whether it's the stuff about, you know, you know, just taking that 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 one concept alone of like the way that this app can and has been used, as well as other apps like this um, to disproportionately target black people. You know, that's one example that's very extreme of a common issue with vigilante justice or the concept of vigilantism, which is like you're putting like the idea you're, you're making the idea of like what is right and wrong, very subjective, And you're putting it in the hands of, like, any random person on their whim. Like, you know, one person could think that, you know, murder and sexual assault is a crime. And you're like, okay, that's, I think we can all agree that that's true. And then the next person could think, like, fucking drinking Pepsi on a Tuesday is a crime. Like, it's just, it's just like chaos whenever you're like, we're going to put the idea of what is right and wrong and punishable into the hands of every random untrained person in the fucking world what changes did spawn
0: make to help citizen more safe for users purportedly they consulted with new york city officials police public safety experts and civil rights leaders quote among others Citizen only also sent alerts deemed a threat to public safety, omitting calls about suspicious people, suspicious bags, or drug incidents.
1: That sounds so exhausting. When we when we did the Napster episode, when it got to the point where like 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 years into the existence of the company, when they were when they were you know in the full throes of the legal troubles, and they were facing just daily existential threats to the company as as a as just a thing that existed then they started getting into the like oh we're we're having to have these these temps go on and like moderate and like take down stuff that you know is copyright mu- copyrighted music and take uh, any anybody who's seeding metallica music or whatever and then you have like stuff like facebook where like you know, a decade into their existence, they're st- they they finally started having to like do all this crazy moderation and create these AI systems for like getting rid of, you know, we're going to take down anything that's related to QAnon or we're going to take anything that's related to this or we're going to, you know, we're going to flag insensitive comment and things that are dealing with like racism or like misinformation and we're going to fact check things like a decade in. They started to build these things. And, you know, you could argue that they should have done that from the very beginning. I mean, you could not just argue that, but I think that's objectively true. But from the company's standpoint, they didn't have to start worrying about that shit until, like, years later when it became, like, a like a huge problem. But these guys, just, like, from the beginning, they're already having to go in and, like decide like make these weird subjective moral snap judgments on like whether something is like deemed bad or whatever it just it just sounds so exhausting that they're already having to do that in the beginning of the company they're already having to go through and just being like oh we gotta like make sure that nothing is in here that people are gonna call racist or nothing's in here that's gonna be called this or that or whatever it's like just fucking do a different company. Like this this sounds fucking awful.
0: Yeah, like straight up just do anything else. Literally anything else. Just just do that. All right. So, let's uh, you know, the the eternal question with all of these kind of new media tech companies is like how do they monetize? How do they make money? And the answer to that is always a very specific answer, but I'm going to wait to say that until we listen to this clip with our boy Shark Eyes McGee slash definitely a human with a soul slash totally not uh, a robot who's sent here from the future to fuck us up
1: with his skin just poorly stretched over his metal exoskeleton.
0: Also, the thing that's hilarious about this podcast that he's being interviewed on is that they didn't they didn't use Zoom. Like, they didn't use like a screen capture program. So they had a computer screen with him being interviewed and a camera pointed at the computer screen. It's hilarious to me.
3: Andrew, what's the business model, Assistant? How do you make money? So the first thing I'll tell you is what it's not. It's not okay. an advertising network. It's not a platform where we scrape data and sell ads against it. Um, we could probably make a lot of revenue if we did that. A lot of the people at Citizen came from those types of businesses and have zero interest in ever building that again. So we are in the process of testing and soon to be launching a subscription service, which is, I'm so excited about this. This is the most powerful personal safety service ever created. Citizen Free is amazing people are getting tremendous value out of it but there's only so much we can do in a free product Mm. but citizen uh i can't even give the name yet but when this (laughs) comes out uh i think it is going to be an absolutely essential safety service both for your individual level as well as for families
2: so citizen pro will be a paid service i'll be able to pay 10 bucks a month for or five bucks a month for and that's how you monetize
3: it will be subscription monetization. Yes, yeah, perfect. And, I, and that
2: would, I guess, allow me to, if I'm in trouble, I could hit a button and the citizen community could be activated to know I was having a problem. So if I was being attacked uh, or if somebody was banging on my door, I could say, there's somebody trying to break into my home and report it on citizen and then have that immediately go to 911 as well.
3: Let's put it this way. This is compl- like the complete Do over of the 911 public safety response system. Ah,
2: okay. Wow. I'm super intrigued.
0: Yeah, because. It
1: good old does. this week in startups I, I
0: when i first moved to la i interviewed for a job at this week in startups and i went into the interview and it was going pretty well and they asked me one question and i don't remember the specifics of what the question was
1: they were like okay dave we we've loved you know everything you've you've brought to the table so far you have a great energy we feel like you could really work for this job but one last question. This is kind of our make or break question. You know how Elon Musk talks about how he asks that like one question to all of his applicants and like he knows whether or not he could hire, should hire them based on their answer in the moment. So, th- this is our question for that. When you're interviewing somebody remotely, do you A, call them over Zoom and record the call, or B, point a camera at a computer screen that they're on? <laughs>
0: yeah no it was something it was like it was even weirder than that it was like towards the end of the interview they asked me like who's your favorite scientist or something and i was like
1: and you said beekman from beekman's world baby
0: (laughs) i think i said like neil degrasse tyson or something because who Yeah, i don't have a favorite scientist and i was like ah neil degrasse tyson i guess and the woman's face just was like mm mm-hmm.
1: The weird thing about this and and you know th- this is this is a similar kind of vibe as an upcoming episode we're going to do about um Theranos, which was a company that basically scammed the world and stole millions of dollars from investors on a fake product where, you know, this guy, I mean this guy, I've never listened to this uh podcast. I didn't I didn't get the job either. <laughs> I was interviewing against you. Yeah, we were like fiercely competing against each other. But then we actually ended up canceling each other out where we actually ruined the chances for each other to get the job. Like we were both the final runner up, but then we saw each other in the hallway and we just like got into a fist fight and they didn't give either of us the job. And we've both completely forgotten about it. And we didn't remember that that was how we actually met the first time. (laughs) But these types of podcasts or, or YouTube shows or whatever... Uh, These like business hustle culture, entrepreneurial bro type shows, Gary V type shit. You know, they're sitting there and they're talking about like ultimately inconsequential shit. Like, oh, like I started a company where we help, you know, serve ads onto OTT video with a auction based ad service. Or whatever. Or like, oh, we started a company that delivers fucking mice to people's doors. And then the mice eat all the cheese in their fridge. It's like a cleanup service where if you have a bunch of excess cheese, you know, we let mice just, like, eat it all. And then, you know, you, we charge you a fee for it. It's like like stupid, inconsequential bullshit. And this is what these people talk about on these, on these shows. They just talk about, like, weird businesses that people make that are just, like, dumb shit that is just, like, part of the excess of capitalism and and the theranos thing was like it was a startup that was like a facebook type startup but it was about like fucking taking blood tests and giving people diagnoses based on their blood tests it was like real consequential heavy shit that was like very dangerous they were treating it like a startup making a fucking social media platform or whatever so this guy who's like used to sitting here talking to people about their dumb you know we're like the uber four butt plugs or whatever it's always the uber
0: and then insert here we're the uber of toothpaste we're the uber of air conditioning we're the uber of police response
1: but they're but they're he's sitting here interviewing this guy about like an orwellian nightmare world like this is, <laughs> this is like terror. like just to be this guy and just be like man like I don't even know if this is, like, occurring to him or if he's even, like, registering this, but, like, you are not interview you are not talking about the normal thing you usually talk about right now. You are talking about a guy who's trying to, like, create the fucking police state even more than it already is. Like, Like, this is not just, like, fun entrepreneurial podcast topics.
0: Yeah, it's depressing as fuck, especially the, like, sycophantic, like, Wow, I'm so excited. This is so great. Wow, I can just hit a button and everyone will know that I'm
1: being raped to death. Awesome. Like almost like calling 911 just already is that. And I'm not saying calling 911 is perfect, but it's probably better than this. Like, it's probably better than this fucking app where you're where
0: you're relying on other people. Yeah. Fuck that. But also fuck relying on the police, too. Like that that shit doesn't work either.
1: Yeah, but it's better than this. Like, it's, it's better than this. <laughs> this is like, this is not, this is like the dumbest, this is the worst idea ever. This is for the listener. I wish you could see Pizza Pizza
0: Paparita's face right now. You know, you know, in The Matrix, when uh, the the blonde woman that wears the white suit right before she gets killed by Cypher, and she's like, not like this, not like this. And then her body goes limp and she falls. I feel like her name is like Twitch or Portal or something like that. She just dies. That's that's what, what Andrew looks at right now. He looks like not like this. Not like this. Yep, for I mean, that, that, that's definitely
1: the emotion. If we're going to all just be enslaved in a Orwellian police state, not like this, not like this, not at the hands of this fucking dead eyed. Like there's something just so unnerving about looking at him as he's talking.
0: Like he really does look like his skin is stretched over his skull.
1: Yeah, it looks like he is like he is wearing somebody else's skin as a face
0: he he's the type of person who his idea of flirting is being in like a grocery store and telling you about his cryogenic chamber
1: and then he locks you in the cryogenic chamber afterward and with all the other tinder dates
0: yeah, the reason why he started his own startup is because he probably got kicked out of every other one for
1: like sexual assault yeah you ashton kutcher had to go to hr about him one too many times
0: 2020 was a breakout year for Citizen, with its user base exponentially growing. With that growth, critics also began to deconstruct the platform's methods more. Some critics noted that Citizen's collection of protest videos were tied to identifying information that could potentially be used by government entities. In response, Citizen said it only gives user data to law enforcement in response to valid subpoenas, court orders, or search warrants.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the real thing, though. With other platforms, the way that they sell data to advertisers, like that's kind of the thing, you know. When they, when you talk about like the you know the thing that people say a lot, which is like you know whenever you whenever you use a, a service, an app, or whatever, like Facebook or or YouTube, and it's free. If something is free, that means that you're the product, and so they sell this data of like what your interests are and what the things you watch are and all these things to these advertisers so they can serve ads to you. But for you know for citizen. That's that's the danger of what they're, you know, gonna do with your data. It's not like it's not like the it's not like the, oh they're gonna sell your data to advertisers. It's that like they're gonna you they're gonna create this this like network of self like crowdfunded like a crowdfunded spy state to like map out like a fucking snitch network of the entire country so that they can sell that information to the government and the police. I'm Dave Baker. <laughs> yeah, man,
0: it's terrifying. It's it's darkest timeline. Like this is the foundation that whatever is after Verhoven's toupee, this is the foundation, you know?
1: Fucking Andrew Frames skin flap.
0: <laughs> the the frame skin tag nation. Like it we're we're going there, man. Citizen became a top-ranked news app on the Apple chart on June third, twenty twenty. Up from the 744th slot and surpassing Twitter, CNN, and Fox News during the first week of June, around 600,000 new users signed up for Citizen.
1: And that that part, that's uh, just a whole other level of depressing to me, that it's, like, number one, classified as a news app. And it's also, like, ranking up there with other, like, quote-unquote, actual legitimate news apps. I mean, some of these other news apps are also maybe questionable, Of whether or not they're real news, but it's basically like a like it's a conspiracy theory app about your neighborhood. It's just people interpreting police scanner information and then just cooking up theories about like who is and isn't dangerous. Like that's not news. That's just like that. I mean, that's just that's not news. That's just people like fear mongering based on loosely interpreted police scanner calls. An
0: early criticism of Citizen, once it started to grow nationwide, and especially after it launched its premium subscription service, Protect, a 19.99 dollars a month service that allowed users to live stream their phone's camera and location to a Citizen Protect agent who monitors it and sends instant emergency response in case of an emergency was that it bombarded your phone with constant notifications and increasingly esoteric, quote, crimes, such as a group of suspicious figures loitering outside of a convenience store 15 miles away from you in order to slowly ratchet up its user base's anxiety levels in order to make them emotionally vulnerable enough to continue using the app and eventually fork out cash for the Protect service. In essence, it works like any other social media app, hacking into the addiction and anxiety centers of the brain to create a feedback loop where you can't tear your eyes away from the app. Except in this case, instead of getting you addicted to doom scrolling the increasingly dire state of society and politics, or the ongoing drama of canceled celebrities, it's designed to make you constantly terrified that at any given moment, someone's going to burst into your house and murder you. As a former citizen employee
1: told Vice in 2021, The whole idea behind Protect is that you could convince people to pay for the product once you've gotten them to the highest point of anxiety you could possibly get them to. Citizen can't make money unless it makes its users believe there are constant, urgent threats around them at all times.
0: And though Citizen denies the app works this way, with a spokesperson responding
1: to Vice's request saying this... It's actually the opposite. With user feedback in mind, we have designed the Citizen home screen so users only see relevant, real-time information within their immediate surroundings.
0: It seems to be the prevailing sentiment in many of the negative reviews of the app.
1: However, basically, there's there's a, there's a number of, of of reviews of Citizen from like circa like two or three years ago, um, where they all kind of say the same thing, which is the app is horrible because all it does all day is just constantly send you these push notifications of these just crimes that range from like maybe legitimate things of like a robbery that happens at a fucking convenience store, you know, down the block from you to like stupid bullshit that nobody would care about like oh you know th- there's like some people standing outside of this building and then but it's but it's all the whole point of it is they're just trying to make you more and more anxious so that you're just scared like it's just it these notifications are just constantly you know making you feel like oh shit like the world is a horrible chaotic place and there's all this crime and you know the only thing I can do to stop the chaos is pay 19 a month for Protect or whatever. And all these all these reviews say the same thing. They're all like, yeah, I deleted it after like two days because it was so fucking annoying. And it was just like making me anxious.
0: Forrest Ray Coulson was a friend of mine. Friend of
1: mine. Friend of mine. It's yes, turning, turning us all into Forrest Ray Coulson's.
0: Yeah, no shit, man. I hope this helicopter doesn't show up on the fucking recording, but I don't want to wait
1: because this is ridiculous. Oh, my God. Come out, Vigilante. Do not resist. Walk out waving your Louis Vuitton handkerchief.
0: Vigilante, put something on other than your Hugh Hefner themed smoking jacket that you bought on eBay that Hef
1: actually wore at a party. That you you actually met him when he was wearing it and then you tracked it down.
0: Other major criticisms of the app as it started to slowly ramp up into the market were that it disproportionately was used to target and profile black and brown people, and that rather than fulfilling its intended purpose of helping inform and protect people from dangerous crimes going on in their area, it ended up mostly being used by people to complain about local homeless. Citizen has repeatedly denied these issues, saying,
1: Citizen does not report on suspicious people, nor does it report on people experiencing homelessness. Citizen reports on safety incidents such as car crashes, fires, and searches for missing people.
0: However, Vice found, by conducting an independent study, that many of the reported incidents on the app are in fact complaints about homeless
1: people loitering in areas. And, as reported to Vice by a former Citizen employee, Many of the users are insanely racist, which comes out in comment sections that are especially vile even by standards of internet comment sections.
0: A hacker recently scraped a wealth of information from Citizen, including user comments that repeatedly used the N-word. What's worse is that the entire functionality of the app and community essentially works on incentivizing people to manufacture outrage and fear in order to create incident reports under things they likely wouldn't under normal circumstances. The policing system in the United States is far from perfect. But at the very least, The way the system essentially functions is that when people witness a crime or something that they feel endangers them, they are encouraged to call the police. The system is not incentivized in any way. Yes, people are going to play on their internal biases and prejudices, as well as the anxieties and fears stoked by the horrible talk radio they listen to, and many unnecessary and dangerous calls to police are made. But at least the police aren't personally offering prizes for every 911 call. Imagine calling 911, but every time you did, you got paid. That's what Citizen is. In this dynamic, people start actively looking and trying to find things to report as suspicious. This turns into a self-fulfilling prophecy where suddenly everyone is scary and potentially dangerous.
1: It's basically an anxiety sweatshop. On days when things are slow, they relax the standards around incidents because a dip in incident count is really bad, said another former citizen employee. It plays into people's anxieties and fears and magnifies people's fears of the other and who and what they think should not exist in their neighborhood or their area. Chris Gillard, a research
0: fellow with the Technology and Social Change Research Project at Harvard Kennedy School's
1: Shorenstein Center, told Vice. In a healthy society, we're typically not incentivized to sensationalize mundane events and code them as crime. I can't help but think it plays into people's anxieties and fears and magnifies people's fears of the other. What's really dangerous is the ways they're starting to serve as infrastructure where people start to feel like they have to use them to maintain society and order.
0: In March 2020, Citizen introduced a digital contact tracing system, though launch was delayed for months, while Frame, the company that eventually folded Spawn into its portfolio, awaited Apple's approval due to concerns that combined use of GPS and Bluetooth may violate users' privacy. A compromise was reached by launching the additional SafePass app. On August 13th, SafePass went public, with 700,000 people having tested the product and 10,000 COVID-19 test results reported in that test group.
1: But essentially, you know, essentially is like the one slightly not horrible thing they did was try to capitalize on the COVID-19 pandemic to create a, co- a contact tracing app, which, you know, are, in theory, a good thing.
0: Yeah, only one problem. And then the other fucking
4: shoe dropped. <laughs> Hey everybody, my name is Hilsmer Spacha Demon, the space hell demon, and Andrew and Dave are forcing me to- What are you talking about, Hilsmer? Nobody's forcing you to do anything. You literally barged in here in the middle of me recording this promo and
1: insisted that you do it. You said that I sucked at it and you could do it so much better than me.
4: Yeah, exactly. I'm being forced to do it because you suck so much at your job. So anyway, Andrew and Dave are forcing me to get on the microphone today and kind of go over a bunch of the cool deep cut stuff that's going on right now. So first and foremost, Dave is coming out with a new Pixie Box book which I guess are apparently called comics now, all of a sudden, but uh, yeah, the book is called Everyone is Tulip, and it's coming out June 29th, available in all comic stores and stores in general, I guess, and uh, it's, it's written by Dave, and it's drawn by Nicole Goo, and it's colored by Ellie Hall, and it's basically about an aspiring actress who moves to LA to try to make it big, and then she ends up sort of doing these weird experimental performance art YouTube videos and gets mixed in with this sort of identity-shattering underbelly of Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, so that that book is coming out uh, June 29th, and you can actually read the entire thing by going to everyoneistulip.com, where they're releasing the book page by page as a webcomic leading up to the release of it. Also, you can get official Deep Cuts merch by going to deepcutspod.com and clicking on the shop. Or you can go to bit.ly.com slash deepcutsmerch, and you can get t-shirts, you can get hats, you can get coffee mugs, you can get baby onesies. You can also get a Mystery Treehouse Investigation Agency patch that you can put on a backpack or put on your jacket uh, by going to deepcutspod.com and going to the shop. Or you can actually get that at Dave's shop at heydavebaker.com, or you can get it at Andrew's shop at dapricerights.com. You should also follow Deep Cuts on YouTube by searching Deep Cuts where we are going to be releasing some cool, interesting, long form video in the coming months. You can follow Deep Cuts on Facebook where Dave and Andrew put out these like reaction videos where they watch old movies and kind of react to them. You could also join the Facebook group, which is a group where a bunch of Deep Cuts listeners go to kind of hang out and talk about episodes or talk about random interesting subjects. A lot of episodes are kind of born in that group. There's a lot of memes that happen there. It seems like a you know, just a fun place for fucking nerds that like this bullshit would hang out. You can follow Deep Cuts on. TikTok, at Mystery Treehouse, where they do short form explainers. So if there's an idea that's like not long enough or in depth enough to do like a full episode on, they'll do like three minute explainers on TikTok. You can also check out all the different books and projects that Andrew and Dave are releasing on their websites, DAPriceWrites.com and HeyDaveBaker.com, where they put out comics and books and video projects and anything else they're doing outside of the Deep Cuts world, such as Dave's books, Fuck Off Squad and Action Hospital, or Andrew's book, Deadbolt AI Private Eye. And finally, if you go to deepcutspod.com and scroll to the bottom to sign up for the mailing list, you'll receive a semi-regular newsletter called the Mystery Treehouse Investigation Agency Circular, which collects all the news and new content that Andrew Dave are putting out and kind of puts it in one place, as well as provides some more commentary, and maybe in the future there might be some cool behind-the-scenes info that's going to be released there. There. Are you fucking happy? Once again, Hillsmer you didn't need to do that. You insisted,
1: and in fact, I would have preferred to do it.
4: Is that the thanks I get?
1: Get out of here.
0: Act two, there's no way to make this funny. So let's all just become doomsday preppers. With Citizen firmly cementing itself as a deeply uncool, low-budget sci-fi movie in the real world, you'd think there'd be nowhere to go but down, right? No way to make this dystopian bullshit even more scary, right? Well, you'd be fucking wrong. In May of 2021, A wildfire broke out in Pacific Palisades, Los Angeles, and Citizen, or more specifically, Andrew Frame, saw an opportunity to cash in on the situation to gain some serious credibility in the realm of public security. They received an anonymous tip that the fire had been started by an arsonist, and Andrew Frame launched a campaign to catch him. Citizen had just launched a new feature called On Air, where users could live stream a situation directly in the app. They wanted to be the first app to live stream a wanted criminal being apprehended and they wanted the credit for the arrest so they offered a ten thousand dollar reward to anyone who could provide info that would lead to the arrest of the alleged arsonist eventually citizen had received a photo of an alleged suspect They claimed that this photo had come from an LAPD sergeant, as well as several emails from Citizen users who claimed that they had been visited by LAPD officers looking for the same man. Andrew Frame had become possessed by what he himself later described as a fury of passion to catch the guy, feverishly typing commands throughout the evening in a company Slack group to Citizen employees.
1: First name. What is it? Publish all info. Find this fuck. Let's get this guy before midnight. He's going down. Breaking news. This guy is the devil. Get him. By midnight. We hate this guy. Get him. Eventually,
0: Frame ordered for the bounty to be raised to $20,000, but the suspect still hadn't been caught. Tons of citizen users were live streaming around the clock as they searched the streets around the area where the fire had broken out and where they had alleged the suspect was located, but still nothing. Frame then ordered his employees to raise the bounty and send a notification out about the manhunt to every Citizen user in Los Angeles, not just those in the surrounding area as the app normally functions. The notification was sent to 848,000 people.
1: Citizen is on air. Arsonist pursuit continues. We are now offering a $30,000 reward for any information directly leading to his arrest tonight.
0: The name and other private information of the suspect was eventually found and broadcast on the app to all its users. When an employee in one of the company's Slack groups pointed out that they were violating their own terms of service, which prohibited publishing personal details in the app that could help users learn the identity and location of any person, they were ignored. The manhunt continued for seven
1: hours. The more courage we have, the more signups we will have. Go after bad guys, signups will skyrocket. Period. We should catch a new bad guy every day, Frame said in a slack.
0: At a certain point, there were 40,000 people watching the on air live stream. However, Sometime after midnight, the LAPD arrested a suspect. He was the wrong guy. Citizen had just spent the last seven hours spearheading a livestream manhunt of an innocent man. And then, shortly after the massive cock-up, so shortly after it that it's almost as if it was a huge reactionary pivot meant to quickly divert attention away from the PR nightmare of the Pacific Palisades arson-manhunt fiasco and also turn the company's entire business model and purpose around on a dime once Andrew Frame realized that maybe creating a crowd-based crime-stopping network was maybe a little more complicated than he originally thought, people started spotting citizen-branded tinted vehicles patrolling around the metropolitan areas in Los Angeles, and the Citizen app was about to somehow become a lot creepier. Brandon Werner
1: wrote for Weitz's motherboard, Crime and neighborhood watch app Citizen has ambitions to deploy private security workers to the scene of disturbances at the request of app users, according to leaked internal Citizen documents and Citizen sources. The plans marked a dramatic expansion of Citizen's purview, It is currently an app where users report quote-unquote incidents in their neighborhood, and based on these reports and police scanner transcriptions, the app sends real-time safety alerts to users about crimes and other incidents happening near where a user is located. It is essentially a mapping app that allows users to both report and learn about crime, or what users of the app perceive to be crime, in their neighborhood. The introduction of the in-person private security forces drastically alters the service and potential impact that citizen may offer in the future and provides more context as to why a Citizen-branded vehicle has been spotted driving around Los Angeles. The news comes after Citizen offered a $30,000 bounty against a person it falsely accused of starting a wildfire. The broad master plan was to create a privatized secondary emergency response network, one former Citizen employee told Motherboard. The email added that the user and agent experience needed to be improved, and that Citizen was reviewing the results with Securitas to make those improvements. The email also named LAPS or Los Angeles Professional Security. On Friday, Motherboard reported that Los Angeles Professional Security is linked to a Citizen branded vehicle driving around Los Angeles. A citizen spokesperson told Motherboard that the vehicle is part of a pilot program, but declined to say exactly what the program consisted of. On its website, Los Angeles Professional Security describes itself as a, quote, subscription law enforcement service. The internal citizen email says the company is an additional response partner. A citizen spokesperson told Motherboard that LAPS offers a personal rapid response service that we are testing internally with employees as a small test. For example, if someone would like an escort to walk them home late at night, they can request this service. We have spoken with various partners in designing this pilot project. The spokesperson did not address other questions from other board about the content of the leaked emails. One of the emails says that Citizen has pitched the security response service to the Los Angeles Police Department at a high level. The email claims that the LAPD said the solution could be a game changer. The email adds that the LAPD has been overrun with property crime and the agency has effectively thrown its hands up because they don't have enough officers on the street to respond to these sorts of calls. The LAPD did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Experts have criticized Citizen, saying the app may lead people to report things that aren't crime and may foster racism. Honestly, Citizen as an app doesn't need to exist, and it's more and more apparent as the months go on that leadership is just a bunch of scum, the former employee said. And there you have it. We're here, in the wasteland, waiting for a private guerrilla army to
0: be summoned by our Aunt Tilly's overactive imagination to come knock down our doors and kill us in our sleep. Thank God, at least we have the actual police to protect us from the wild roaming gangs of cell phone-wielding idiots and private militias. Oh, wait. Yeah, um, there's so much to say about this and yet nothing to say at all because it's so fucking bleak. It's like, what the fuck is the point? I think the thing that's most interesting about this to me, not that, is not the, um, the fact that this is like um, crack cocaine for would-be authoritarianism uh, surrogates—it's not the fact that it is, um, as we've previously discussed, appealing to the worst base instincts of of the shifts in our in our culture politically. Um, it's the fact that Andrew Frame is so nakedly a piece of shit, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, makes sense. Let's give this guy money."
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. <sighs> You know, we've we we we've talked about this extensively on other episodes, several other episodes um, that, you know, we've gotten to a point where we've put we've put the world and, you know, the direction of our society and our culture in the hands of these like startup tech bros like Mark Zuckerberg, who created these companies where like on their face, there were just these social media networks that are just like harmless, like, come on here and. You know, connect with people you knew in high school that you haven't seen in years or whatever, but the way that they've evolved into being like the primary sources of information and communication, we've basically like retroactively just like been like, yeah, I guess Mark Zuckerberg just controls all of society and everything about how our world functions is like at his whim now. How, how did that happen? How do we get how did we get here? And like that's that you know that was that was more subtle because of the evolution of how those of how Facebook and YouTube and Twitter evolved into what they are now. But this is like this is that like on fucking PCP because it's just like we're just gonna. We're just going to, like, allow some random dude who, like, who fucking knows about his his intentions, his, you know, what drives him, the things, you know, that he's motivated by. Who fucking knows? Because he has not been vetted in any way, shape, or form by anybody, by any organization, any authority, any anything. He's not been vetted at all. He's just a dude who started a company like anybody in this country can do. And we're just gonna be like, yeah, you can like just become, you can just, you can just make a citizen fueled, like, gr- like guerrilla vigilante army that polices the country
0: yeah we're totally cool with you having um you know we have we have uh three branches of government the executive the judicial uh and um the citizen that's cool right we just you know we're just gonna have courts we're gonna get it we're gonna get rid of the, the the congressional wing you know separate but equal branches of government one of which is just populated by a bunch of screaming yahoos with uh iphone 7s
1: yeah, and it's like, and and the whole thing is just so, the mud, the, the waters are so muddy. Yeah, that's it's just, you're knee deep in, in dookie. It's
0: sewage. It's sewage, bro.
1: Because, like, you know, because this whole thing is built on this idea of, you know, like, the fucking M. It's like, there's this the horrible child murderer who's walking around, the police aren't doing anything about it. And so like the people of the neighborhood are going to take care of it and they're going to like bring this monster to justice. Like that's the ideal of this where it's like in a vacuum of nobody of like the proper channels or the proper authorities, not properly handling this, it's going to be handled. Like there's nothing inherently wrong with that idea. And we've seen, you know, historically that, the systems that, as I kind of said earlier, the systems that govern us and police us are just very corrupt, and they've they've you know they've had a history of corruption. You know, the 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 police corruption that existed you know prior to the 1920s that was largely you know reformed in the 1920s, and then kind of the cycle started over again. Um, like there's like some, there's some truth to that. So it makes it so complicated because it's like, yeah, like we shouldn't just blindly trust the authorities that govern over us, over us because there is a lot of corruption. But, you know, that doesn't therefore mean that this is the solution because this is just, this is just utter chaos. This is just like, Every like because it's like one of the it's 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 an equation where you got to take into account like who would be interested in having this app. And the people that are interested in having this app are not like, you know, a normal person who's just like a little concerned about like the people who want citizen and want to have this app on their thing and want to participate on it are not people who just like in a in good faith are like interested in protecting the people in their neighborhood from like rapists like that, that. That's not who wants this app. The people who want this app are people who just have this weird, sadistic, fascist fascination with like wanting to punish like anybody who they deem as like a a heretic or like a, a a deviant.
0: I mean, it's the same thing as the as the enjoyment of getting to watch the gladiatorial games of to catch a predator, right? It's that same. Well, it's
1: it's those people. It's those it's those exact people. Like the people who have this app, are the people who are just like, I would I would want to like watch a pedophile be beheaded in public. Which is like, once again, it's that muddy waters where it's like, I'm not defending pedophiles. I'm not saying that they should be sympathized with or empathized with. It's a horrible thing and they should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. But there's also maybe something wrong if you just like get off on the idea of wanting to like murder one like that seems not healthy. And if you have an app of hundreds of thousands of people who like have those kinds of urges and desires like That's a recipe for, like, creating unruly, angry mobs of vigilantes that have like a dubious at best idea of right and wrong.
0: Let me ask you this. It's just like a thought experiment. Is there a good version of citizen? Because even just like the platonic ideal sounds nightmarish to me and horrible, but is there a version of this that's like helpful in any way?
1: Well, it's, it's interesting because I think, I think the app there, there is kind of a, there's, there's a platonic ideal of the app that to me sounds relatively harmless where there's sort of like two different types of citizen users, or at least there was supposed to be. And one of them is these people that want to participate in this and they're creating reports and they're like following these live streams and they're participating in like helping like track down people or whatever. And that's like the dark thing that I think is just like inherently Orwellian and, you know, kind of Orwellian in this way that I don't think even George Orwell ever like anticipated in any of his ideas because the whole you know the whole thing with the orwellian idea of a police state is that you have this totalitarian government that creates this culture of fear that pressures people into spying on each other because they think that they will get some kind of um you know reward if they bring information about you know people committing thought crimes you know to the authorities but the 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 fucked up situation we've gotten to into now is like there isn't even an authority. There isn't, there's no big brother. Like we are the big brother. Like we want to do this. Like you give us the tools and then we want to spy on each other. And we want to create these like cultures of fear and, and um uh heretic hunting.
0: The The worst part of it too, is that it's recreational. Like the thing that's, the thing that's cautionary about 1984, right? Is that, this is the status quo that's almost this kind of like dark seedy underbelly like you're talking about that, you know, it's it's not like people are like turning on the TV at night and having, you know, instead of watching Laugh-In, they're like spying on their neighbor. But that's what this is. This is we're going to commoditize cultural betrayal to the point where it's equivalent to watching a basketball game.
1: Yeah, but there's, there's another like purported usage of the app, which is like, you you don't even participate in any of that stuff it's literally just an app that kind of alerts you or it's supposed to alert you of stuff happening around you so that you can basically like avoid it like you can be you can be walking around and then it's like oh there's like a shooting happening like on you know you know fifth and broadway and you're like oh shit i was walking in that direction i probably should turn around like that that was kind of that that's like the 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 light version of what the app is supposed to do, you know, for the people who aren't like weirdly obsessed with like wanting to be like neighborhood vigilantes or whatever. For people who are just like, oh, I just want an app that just tells me if there's like weird shit going on, on around me, so I can like avoid it. Um, for those non-vigilantes, yeah, that that like that that is the um, the platonic ideal of the app that I think is like not awful. Like, that's not a horrible idea that you would want just an app that's just like, yeah, there's like a there's a there's a police shootout that's happening like three blocks from where you are. Like, just stay away from that area. Like, like when I went, I, we went and visited my parents for the weekend. And right when we got into Bakersfield, um, my my parents live, my, my parents moved to this neighborhood that's like near like Bakerfield is 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 weird. I mean, it's, it's not any different than like L.A. kind of. But like it's weird in that like there's like these really nice like upscale neighborhoods that are right next to like really like sketchy neighborhoods. Like they're just like they're just like touching each other. So my parents live in a nicer area that's right next to up the area that I used to live in, which was like a really bad area of Bakerfield. Um, and so there's this Denny's that we used to always go to. Um, that's just like, it's, it's just like right in the smack dab of like a fucking meth shanty town, basically. Um, and so right when we got into town to go to my parents' house and got off on this freeway exit, there's like, there's like fucking 10 police cars in front of this, like Carl's Jr., And right as we get out, we see like uh, this uh, police officer like tackle a dude and then like a block up. There's like another 10 police cars by this Denny's and there's like police running around. And we were just like, what is fucking happening right now? And, you know, there, you know, we do like who knows what was going on. But, you know, it would have been like like I can see in a situation like that of like, oh, like there's some fucked up shit going on on Buck Owens Boulevard. Like, let's let's take another freeway exit so we don't have to drive by this insanity where there could be like shootouts and shit happening like that in theory is fine. But the thing is, is that I don't think anybody who anybody who tried it out to use it for that purpose I think they were disappointed and annoyed with the app because it was like, it's not designed for that, really. That's kind of what they said. That's not really what it's designed for. It's designed to make you anxious and paranoid so that you'll pay for this stupid subscription service. So it it doesn't it didn't even exist properly as this like passive, like, here's some information about crimes happening in your area because it was just it was just annoying people because it kept notifying them about about increasingly less important stuff that they didn't care about that wasn't actually really dangerous to them. Because it's just, it's not actually trying to inform them. It's just trying to make them paranoid, basically. Um, but uh, but an app that is just kind of does that, where it's just like an aggregate of police scanner information that like helps you know if there's like a shooting happening, you know, near you. I feel like that would be fine. Yeah. But even then, like, you know, that's just, there's other news apps that do that. Like, that's like, not, like, it's, that's already a thing that's kind of rolled into other apps. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know. um, I don't really know how to bring this one home because it's not like there's a silver lining or a lesson to be learned here. It's just dark. This app is going to continue to just be dark and exploit communities of color, stoke racial animus. And apparently in LA very soon, we're going to be dealing with uh, full-on private militaries, which is going to be awesome. I'm fucking excited about that, baby. Baby
1: yeah and i mean it's not even it's not even the first of that like you know there's privatized security is a is is a gro- is has been a growing market for a long time and you know it's it's you know i'm not i'm not trying to i'm not trying to shit talk these guys but you know i know several people that work private security and it's like i'm not like none of them are none of them are none of them are people who have any kind of like they're not weird like power hungry people that just want to like go around and like you know, hurt people or whatever. They're just, they're working because they just needed a job. But that's even more, you know, that, that, that's also weird to me. Cause it's like, these are not people who are properly trained for things. They're just like dudes who just like, I just needed a job. And so instead of working at fucking Burger King, I'm a security guard. And like, that, that's just,
0: yeah, but there's a, there's a difference between working for a security firm or working as a security guard or, even a personal bodyguard level of security and being a weaponized private police force that is at someone's beck and call based on one button on an app where it's like, I think someone is breaking into my house. Please kill this motherfucker on my front lawn. Those are different things. You know what I mean?
1: Number one, I, I don't I actually don't think that a lot of private security is much different from that. It's just it's been it's more for rich people, though.
0: But that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying, though, is that's what's t- that's what's terrifying. about.
1: Uh, it. No, I know. But I'm saying like what you're what you're describing, that is what private security is. It's just it's not an app. It's like rich people that get to press the button. And this, this is like as as Andrew Frame said multiple times, democratizing it to everybody but that's that's like what that's what private security is it's like it's giving rich people a button so that they can send out a you know rent a cops to like hassle you know, people walking by their house if they, you know, look suspicious uh, in some way.
0: You know, and things like Blackwater obviously have existed, and, you know, it, yes, there's a long lineage of uh, the 1% having access to things that the rest of us don't, but that's what's so scary about this. I mean, that that is scary. I'm not saying that, like, no, uh, you should totally be able to just have a dude with a bazooka standing on the roof of your house 24 hours a day as, like, a multi-millionaire, you know. Nah, that that's probably not cool, bro. But there's a difference between that and everyone having a dude with a bazooka standing on their roof twenty four hours a day all the time. <laughs> you know. Which honestly, if that if that's what private security was, I'd be way more into it. I kind of love the idea of it's just like mutually assured bazooka. <laughs> it's just everybody gets a bazooka dude. I kinda love that.
1: It's like there there will be peace or we will all be rendered under the destruction of this bazooka apocalypse. Bazooka
0: apocalypse. Bazooka apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, I mean, for me, the closing thought is basically just like you—you know—we're getting towards the end of the book when shit like this is happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like yeah, it's not even like the whole Orwellianness. Uh, the the Orwellianness of it is one thing, which is obviously pretty terrifying. But then, like, aside from that, it's just like the other aspect of it of just like. The way that everybody is just so desperate to, you know, build businesses and monetize, you know, anything to the point where people are just like monetizing shit like this, where it's like it's this hollow expression of like, you know, we wanted to create a company to help, you know, protect people and, you know, revolutionize public safety. But it has nothing to do with that. It's just it's just another cockamamie way to make money with a business. And like the fact that it is this private security thing is just it's a hook. It's just like this is the unique thing we do that sets us apart from everybody else. This is how we this is how we're disrupting you know they don't they don't give a fuck about like these people don't care about public safety at all like in any way there's not even a shred of care it's just a it's just a company that they started it could literally be anything andrew frame could have had an idea for doing the uber of butt plugs and it wouldn't have made a difference
0: find this guy get him get him now thirty thousand dollars to get the guy whose butt perfectly fits this butt plug
1: yeah, just him ranting on Slack, and it would just it would have, it would have made no difference to him. He he would have he would have approached either thing with the exact amount of enthusiasm and personal in, uh, uh, involvement and 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 investment and and you know and that and that that quote that whole thing was another example. That's that just exemplifies my point because that whole thing where he's like ranting on Slack and being like he's a bad guy, get him. All that stuff like I've known so many uh people working in in tech and and new media like CEOs and executives at startups who they they act exactly like that about anything like they 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 act like that is not somebody who's like fueled by the passion of like wanting to hunt down a criminal that is just any executive at any startup company talking about anything it's that or it's like it's it, it could be that. Or it could be like Fucking publishing clickbait It's That is He's just acting like Any executive At any startup I'm Dave Baker And I'm Andrew Price This has been Deep Cuts
0: You can find me On the internet at HeyDaveBaker.com On TikTok Instagram And uh, Twitter At xDaveBakerX And please go buy my book Everyone is Tulip In bookstores And comic book stores Everywhere Right now Andrew Before we get to the Pizza Pizza Paparita Meme Celebrita Where can people find you on the internet
1: you can find me rousing a a angry mob of thousands of concerned citizens to track down a criminal and bring him to the only justice that matters the justice of the citizen and you can also find me at dapricerights.com where you can get my comic deadbolt ai private eye which is about a a, uh, a a totalitarian state of, of, of sorts of its own. And um, you can also get some Deep Cuts merch by going to deepcutspod.com and clicking on the shop. Or you can just go to bit.ly.com slash deepcutsmerch. And uh, you can get some t-shirts, you can get some mugs, you can get some uh, fucking fanny packs. All with some glorious Deep Cuts designs. Um, you can get a Deep Cuts uh, Junior Sleuth shoulder patch by going to deepcutspod.com or heydaybaker.com or dapricerights.com and going to our stores, and it's available on there. Um And, and yeah, and now uh, we're going to do our second ever edition of looking at some deep cuts memes, not necessarily pizza, pizza, paparizza, because we kind of,
0: yeah, we kind of used all those, but for, but this segment for right now is just going to, until we have a better name is going to be the pizza, pizza, paparizza meme appreciates. uh.
1: (laughs) Because of course, I mean, the perfect name for it thought of one week too late. (laughs)
0: <laughs> or was it thought of one second before I said it?
1: I know, but I'm saying like you thought of it one second before you said it one week too late.
0: Yes, absolutely. All right, let's do this. Show me these. Show me these memes so we can rate them. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, in our Facebook group, the Deep Cuts Facebook Deep Cuts Podcast Facebook group on Facebook. Um, we have a very vibrant, rowdy bunch of idiots in there. Andrew and I are in there. And if you want to come hang out with us, uh, please do so. And um, fairly regularly, memes get posted in the group that are related to deep cuts. So Andrew and I are now going to rate a couple of those memes.
1: Yep. Um, yep that's, that's all I can find for now. Um, okay, so... Uh, first of all this is this isn't I mean this is kind of a meme. It's kind of an inside baseball meme. All of these memes
0: are inside baseball, but yes.
1: But even inside baseball for even the even these memes. So last time we did this, um we did the we did a a review of the pizza pizza paparizza memes and we narrowed it down to uh, a winner. It was it was a toss up between um, uh, Deep Cuts listener Mike Miller and Deep Cuts listener, um, Aaron Dockery and, uh, Mike, well, no, Aaron won by, by a, you know, a, a tie, a tiebreaker where I chose his meme and then Dave acquiesced because just so there would be a winner. And so, uh, another Deep Cuts listener, Blas Juarez, he created a, a meme or a whatever, a Photoshop or whatever that is basically he decided that you know that Mike and Aaron needed to be taken down and that somebody else needs to beat them in the in the in the next meme competition so he created like a like a old west style wanted poster where it's a picture of the two of them and they're wanted and so it has a picture of them and it says Mike and Aaron and it says wanted and it's they're they're wanted by Hillsmer Baby Prison Inc which is like <laughs> that, that it's it's just so inside baseball because you just in the last episode you don't need to explain it it's just
0: it's a running it's a just it's not even a running bit it's just a that is a a reference to
1: things from the show and then at the bottom it says wanted for major meme war crimes reward is a solid letter of recommendation from hillsmer
0: that's solid that's solid i give that uh the fellini eight and a half eight and a half pizzas out of ten pizzas
1: um this next meme which i i love quite a lot it's another one by our boy mike miller and it is the the distracted boyfriend meme, um, where the um, there's a guy walking down the street holding his girlfriend's hand, but then he sees a uh, another girl. Which honestly, I've always thought is funny because she looks the same as his girlfriend. It's like they they could be twins, um, but but he is distracted by her. He's looking back with a look on her face on his face of like, oh shit, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs>
0: The, the the frivolity and, and casualness of your that's a spicy meatball.
1: <laughs> and uh his his girlfriend is noticing that and she's angry. Um meanwhile the passing woman is oblivious to all of this. Um so over the the boyfriend it, it says Andrew and Dave. And then um, over the angry girlfriend that he's ignoring, it says the fact that they'd be able to set up a Velocity Gnome type ARG on at least 10 people in this Facebook group. And then the passing uh, woman that he's staring at, it says being in a Velocity Gnome type ARG. And this is referencing in the last episode, uh, uh, the Velocity Gnome episode about a three year long prank slash performance art experiment slash augmented reality game that two guys played on a 19 year old kid um we talked about the fact that um while it would be really cool to have thought of this and done it to somebody it would actually be even better to have it done to you and that i would trade the personal fulfillment and creative clout of having constructed this insanely creative um piece of artistic expression I would trade it for being able to organically experience this thing done to me. And That's what this meme is referencing. Uh, seven. Seven. Yeah, that's a, that's pretty. It's pretty solid. It's pretty. It's pretty fair and solid assessment. Let's uh, this one we're gonna look at last. Um, so this is this is even more inside baseball. But um, in response to winning the last meme competition or whatever, Aaron Dockery photoshopped a picture. It's a stock photo of the queen.
0: Yeah, that's that's the queen giving some sort of award or trophy to someone.
1: Yeah, giving giving she's giving an award to some guy in a suit while another guy in a suit stands in the background but he has manipulated the context of this to make it look like so basically the guy with the suit he's put Dave's face on it and then the other guy in the suit standing in the background he's put my face on it and then he put his own face onto the queen's face so he's recontextualized it that the guy is handing the trophy to the the queen instead of the other way around And so Dave is handing Aaron his meme trophy while I'm standing in the background. And as I pointed out, um, the photo that he chose for my face and the way he put it onto the body, it makes it look like I'm like looking around, like making like serving as a lookout while Dave hands him the trophy. Like we've like stolen the trophy from a different competition and we're just quickly trying to give it to Aaron's and not get caught. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Oh wow, that's that's strong. I love that. I think it's so funny. <laughs> um, this is another response to having uh, to the results of the meme competition. So these these memes are all super self referential. Um, so the meme that won by Aaron was um, rather than getting into the uh, what the meme was, it was it was a meme that utilized the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie in the in in the meme. And then the other meme that was the runner up that Mike did that almost won was referencing Splash Mountain at Disneyland. So, Mike has taken that meme where it's the woman angrily screaming at a cat that's sitting at a table. Um, where it, uh, usually the meme is used for the, the woman to be like screaming something that is like supposed to be the right way something is. And then the cat is just like indignantly saying the opposite of what she's saying. And so, in this meme, the angry screaming woman, the text over her says Splash Mountain, um, implying that Mike is like insisting that Splash Mountain was the winner. And then the cat is is indignantly saying that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was the winner.
0: Um, I'm going to go with Fellini, man. Eight and a half. I think this would, would be higher for me if it wasn't so indigestible. Like, I know what this is, and you know what this is, but if you haven't listened to, like, this specific one-minute window, like, there's a lot of Mothman memes and a lot of, uh, you know, general kind of Hillsmer deep cuts memes in the group, and they're very funny. These are funny, but they're f- funny in a in a different way where they probably would be getting higher if they weren't so specific and i understand why like they were reactions to what was happening last week when the episode came out yeah
1: um oh that's not anything uh and that's not really anything either that's not i don't think that's really like a specific deep cuts meme and that's these memes aren't even really memes they're just like they're just a long con they're all they're a, they're, a, they're a long game troll more than a meme uh there there was a few more
0: wasn't there one about like there was a there was a andrew wk reacts to mothman
1: yeah yeah it's up here yeah, i mean this this isn't even, this isn't even really like much of a meme either but I, I thought, I, I, I liked it because, so basically, uh, a, a couple weeks ago, um, I, th- I think maybe we've said this on the show before, I forget, but a couple weeks ago, Andrew WK shared our Andrew WK, um, Deep Cuts episode. Um, if you've heard it, we did a four hour episode about how Andrew WK is actually a fictional character portrayed by a performance artist. And, um, like a year later after publishing it, Andrew WK shared it. Um, and so it was kind of a big deal. We were talking about it in the group and being like, holy shit, this is crazy. And then he started like, he posted other things. He posted some stuff in his Instagram stories about us and he posted some other links to some other things. So it was kind of like, it was a whole, it was a whole thing for like a week or so. Um, and so, um, Aaron Dockery made a thing, which is not really a meme, but it's just a funny thing. He basically created like a thumbnail for, like a fictional YouTube video. And so it's, it's, uh, it says Mothman reacts to Andrew WK's reaction. And so it's a screenshot of Andrew WK's tweet about our episode. And then it's got Andrew WK photoshopped on top of that. Like he's reacting to it. Like there's a, there's a video of Andrew WK reacting to our episode. And then on top of that, there's like a Mothman. It's like a guy, but he's got like a, like a monster mask on. And he's reacting to Andrew W.K. reacting to our episode.
0: You know what he says at the end of that video?
1: And it's like the thumbnail to that video.
0: You know you know what Mothman says at the end of that video, though?
1: Oh, they gon' fuck. Yep. I mean, that, yeah, that's how he ends all of his reactions.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go the solid uh, the pineapple pizza 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 paparizza. Uh That's a that's a that's a that's a ten for me. That's pretty solid.
1: Yeah, I mean, coming from somebody who has um, worked in social media uh, and uh, content publishing for nearly a decade, and who's primarily focused largely on uh, social media distribution strategy and creating thumbnails. And somebody who actually created a very specific specific type of thumbnail um, early in my career that was universally adopted and used by everyone in the world. Um, this is actually a good thumbnail. That was that was the thing that stuck out to me. Where I was like, this is like a funny joke or whatever, but this is a this is actually a really good thumbnail. Like this would. Like, if I was, if somebody made this thumbnail and I was, like, approving it, I would, I would, I wouldn't have any notes. Yeah, well, there's, we can, we can call it there in terms of memes, but there, there is one more thing I want to look at. So, um, this is not necessarily a meme, but I still, and this is also, like, possibly the weirdest, most esoteric, most, like, inside baseball, most, like, I kind of don't even get it of all of these, but uh another deep cuts listener uh Ed Zachary, made a comic that confounds me. Did you see this
0: i this is the first time I'm seeing this No,
1: I have not seen this it's i mean, <laughs> so okay so the comic is it's it a one page comic wow one page comic and it's like sort of drawn in like stick figures and so in the first panel um uh, i'm standing and then a baby falls out of the sky and i'm like huh and then it it zooms out and there's like a
0: it's, it's mothman dude that's mothman
1: yeah it's like a it's like mothman and he is the one who's dropped the baby and he goes oh fuck babies are slippery and then at also while it's zoomed out we see that i'm that I am standing next to a building, a, a jail that says Ritza County Baby Jail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. And then the third panel just zooms in on the jail so you can get yeah, On the jail.
0: It. Yeah. Ritza County Baby Jail.
1: And then the fourth panel I've caught, I've picked up the baby and um, the, the, the picture of me, I have the word Papa written on my shirt. And I'm saying, uh, what the fuck do I do with this? I don't have time for this. Deep Space Nine is coming on soon. <laughs> oh, the baby's me? Oh, yeah, you're the baby. Oh, I'm the baby. I was getting to that, yeah. And so I look at the baby, and I think the baby is, like, squeezing my nose. Like, the baby reaches up and, like, grabs my nose, which is a thing that babies definitely do. Um, and I and I say, uh, hey, hey, little weird human baby bakes, want to go to the baby jail? <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then the next panel. The next panel is the baby saying, "Like I'm gonna say no," which is a meme of that has been in the group for a while. Of me, it's like my catchphrase.
1: This is the best part of it. This is the part that's my favorite because it zooms in on the baby that's you, and you say, "Like I'm gonna say no," and he is like in his best approximation in this like stick figure art. He has made you look like you look in that picture where your hair is like sticking up, and you've got that like crazed look on your face. (laughs) and you say and you say like I'm gonna say no and then it cuts to the next panel you're in the jail
0: with the mothman who's smoking a joint
1: mothman is there too for some reason Mothman is in the jail with you and you're like in the jail cell and you're looking up at him surprised or shocked or scared or something. And then the last panel, Mothman sitting in the jail cell and he says, hey, little baby bakes, don't worry, I'm going to take good care of you. And then the very last panel is just a close up of your face, your little baby face, and you're like super freaked out. And you say, I knew I should have stayed with Freddy last night.
0: Which is a reference to what I confessed on an episode a long time ago, which is a kid, I wanted to be friends with Freddy Krueger. <laughs> that is, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, Ed, well done. Uh, definitely 10 out of 10 pizzas for the pizza, pizza, paparitza, mimaritza.
1: No, I'm, I'm going full gone fishing on this. Borderline 11. <laughs>
0: this is amazing this is amazing uh wow wow this is surreal this is like next level man what the fuck
1: and it's it's like it's got so many references packed into it but then they're also like interpreted in these weird abstract ways like he didn't just like fit in fan service like he, he took references, and then, like, he, he, like, molded them and shaped them to, like, fit into this weird, surreal story.
0: Yeah. Man, that's strange. And I'm so into it. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, of those, I think the winner of the second annual... Pizza, pizza, paparita, mimarita is definitely uh, that comic. That was was above and beyond. That was fucking insane.
1: No argument here.
0: All right. Well, this has been Deep Cuts. I'm going to go stare out into the night and try and process what the fuck that comic is
1: about.